Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. My name is Katie Chesney, and on Employment Notebook, we provide advice and insight into different strategies for succeeding in the workplace. And today we are talking about success in the corporate environment. And joining us to divulge into this topic is Alexandra Levitt, and she is a workplace author, speaker, and consultant. So Alexandra, can you tell us why this is such an important topic for those who are new to the corporate environment? Well, I think it's an important topic because you absolutely must assimilate effectively into a job if you are to be deemed successful in the long term. And when I say assimilate, I mean taking the time to actually observe how things are done within a particular organization and figuring out how you can most easily integrate yourself so that you don't stand out. An example of that might be um, to observe what time people leave the office. At different organizations, it's different. So at some organizations, there's a lot more emphasis placed on safe time, whereas in other organizations, it might not be as important as long as you get your results. So you want to be looking at what everybody else is doing and aim to depart at the midpoint. You don't want to be the first person out the door, but you don't want to be the last person out the door either because that sets unrealistic expectations for how late you might be willing to work in the future. So in summary, I would just say that assimilation is is critically important when you're starting a new job. You don't want to just go in and going with guns a-blazing and and wanting to show everyone what you're all about before you really understand how things are done there and how people who are successful get to be that way. Right. I think you bring up a a good point there to really assimilate effectively so you don't stand out um, not in the wrong way rather than the right way. I know you had wrote a book called They Don't Teach Corporate in College. Can you tell us a little bit about that book and kind of why it came to be and while you're really stressing the importance of learning this corporate culture? Well, Katie, it's somewhat of an interesting story. I graduated from Northwestern University here in the Chicagoland area where I'm calling from, and I had always been one of those high-achieving students. So I mm-hmm. thought if I studied hard, I got good grades, I would be successful. And I was determined to go out into the business world. I got a job in a large public relations agency in New York, and I was going to become a VP by the age of 30. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, that is not quite what happened. I crashed and burned so badly in my first job. My first boss hated me so much, I thought I had killed a relative. I watched as people with half my work ethic get promoted ahead of me. And eventually I realized, wow, I'm, I'm doing everything wrong. And I switched jobs about three times thinking it was the company. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it was me. I was taking myself with me. And so one of my next managers took pity on me and sent me to a personal development class. You know, that's the kiss of death, right? When you're told you need personal development. But in fact, the Dale Carnegie course changed my life. It really helped me see the importance of not just working hard and being smart, but things like who, who knows what you're doing, who, who appreciates the work that you're doing, whether the work is actually making a contribution to the bottom line, how to make a good first impression, how to be diplomatic when you have a problem. And so this is when the light bulb went off and I said, wow, someone should really clue in other 20-somethings on what they need to do exactly to be successful in business because it's not intuitive. It's not something that they teach in college. And and so that was when the idea for the book came about. Right. And I think a lot of people can definitely appreciate that because you're right. they, They don't teach how to be successful in the corporate world in college. My question here is that there's a lot of, uh, you know, startups kind of popping up. Are those environments different than your traditional business corporate environment? Or can these tips that we're going to talk about kind of pertain to both the corporate environment as well as the startup environment or any kind of environment that you're going to be in? Well, Katie, I would say that the issue of assimilation, 
that we were talking about before is one that applies to both a traditional corporate environment and a startup environment. Essentially, mm-hmm. any place that you go, you're going to need to figure out the lay of the land before you start trying to make a contribution. But I would say that startup environments are just, they tend to be faster paced. It tends to be all hands on deck, so you're not going to be boxed into a narrow job description as much as you would if you were working in a traditional environment. And so you have to be prepared for the fact that every day might be different. It might be a little bit risky. It might be a little bit frenzied. And I would say that before you take a job at a startup, you want to be sincerely thinking about whether or not that environment is something that stresses you out or energizes you because it really is um, something that, that does uh, really uh, fire people up if they're a certain type of personality and, and stress people out if they're another type of personality. Right. So definitely do a little bit of research into what kind of environment is going to work best for you before you kind of launch yourself into something that might be a little bit out of your comfort zone. That's absolutely right. And, that, and that's not to say that you can't be out of your comfort zone sometimes, but you should at least know what to expect and you should have a goal for taking a job within a certain type of organization. With a startup, for example, you're going to acquire a wider range of what we call transferable skills. So skills that are relevant across a wide variety of industries and roles. And those are things like project management, sales, marketing, client relations, finance. I mean, these are are things that no matter what job you have, they're going to be useful to you. And you probably won't get as many of those in a, uh, a traditional environment where, again, your job description might be a little bit more narrow. All right. Now, speaking of the um, expectations that you had just brought up, what kind of um, misconceptions do people typically have about entering a corporate environment or any kind of new business environment after college? I mean, is, do the people normally think that I'm going to be an overnight success? And like you said earlier, I'm going to be a VP by the time I'm 30. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of people have those misconceptions? And why is it a little bit dangerous for um, an individual's success in the corporate world to have those misconceptions? I think this this cuts both ways. So there are the positive misconceptions that you you think you're going to get to the the ladder at a a very fast pace, that you're going to get promoted next year, that you're going to get a big salary and a big raise and all of these perks. And to some degree, of course, you get a reality check when you go into business and realize that even though the recession is more or less over, organizations are still recovering from it. And uh, there are, uh, are demographic shifts happening where the baby boomers are, are by and large still employed within their organizations, which means that there aren't a lot of promotion opportunities for younger employees. So you just see people staying at the same level a bit longer than perhaps they will in the next five to 10 years as, as the baby boomers start to re- retire. But I also think that there are misconceptions that the corporate world is an annoying bureaucratic place to be. Mm-hmm. and. I think that that we have, or we, the corporate corporations and, and organizations that are large have earned this reputation by being this way. But I think what we're seeing coming out of the, the post-recessionary climate is a kinder, gentler business world. And, and corporations are much more interested in the emotional well-being of the employee and how to get the most out of that employee. So how to give that employee great personal and professional development opportunities how to ensure good work-life fit or work-life integration. And so those are misconceptions that I think we need to debunk as well, because I think that's one of the reasons that so many people are choosing startup environments over traditional environments is that they think it's going to be annoying and bureaucratic. And the truth is that many large organizations are quite enlightened these days and do offer a variety of perks that you don't necessarily get if you go and work for a startup organization or, or for yourself. Well, I'm glad to hear that the kind of um, environment is changing and evolving as 
Um, you know, the baby boomers kind of retire and we bring in these younger generations. So when you're kind of starting your a new job or maybe you've been in this job for a while, but things aren't clicking for you, what is, what is one of the first things that you should do to really assimilate yourself into this corporate environment so you can be successful later on? Great question. And in addition to laying low and observing how things are done before you jump in and start contributing, I think it's also very critical to sit down as soon as possible and have a a very uh, concrete, a very straightforward meeting with your new manager and discuss what are your goals going to be over the next three, six, 12-month period. Because what you want to do here is understand what the expectations are. What is your boss trying to achieve? What is your boss having in mind for this position? How does your boss like to receive work? You know, does she like to receive text messages? Does she like to receive email? What happens if you call her on the weekends? I mean, these are all things that you need to find out as early as possible in your employment tenure so that you can make sure you're delivering appropriately. And, and getting yourself started off on the right foot with your boss is the single most important factor for business world success. I mean, over and over, the research shows that immediate relationship with your supervisor is critical both for your professional growth and for your job satisfaction and happiness. Because if you don't get along with that boss or the relationship is not as productive as it could be, uh, that's going to spell disaster. So getting that meeting done in the first week would probably be my number one piece of advice for the, the most important thing that you can do. All right. And I kind of want to touch on something that you mentioned earlier. So you've you know, you've had this conversation with your boss, you figured out the expectations, and you mentioned to lay low and really just observe. How long do you recommend that people kind of lay low and observe before they kind of start speaking up and getting more involved in the process and things like that? And could you also kind of describe what you mean by laying low so that everyone's kind of on the same page with that? Yes, Katie, thank you for clarifying because it's important to understand what that means, because that doesn't mean that you should be silent as a mouse and not say a word. Mm -hmm. I think two weeks is a good rule of thumb for basically attending a meeting and listening way more than you talk. So maybe you offer one or two strategically placed ideas, but that's it. The rest of the time, you should be observing, listening, learning, rather than making the mistake that I made early in my career, which is, you know, I went in, as I said, guns a-blazing, and I overtook the, the meeting, every, t- every time I was in a meeting, I, I took it over. And I later learned that my boss thought I was overeager, thought I was stepping on toes. This is something you don't want to do. So right. I would say two weeks where you are listening 75%, contributing 25%. And uh, this should actually, actually, maybe I would say it's even a bit more than that. 75-25 is probably good for your first couple of months. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first couple of weeks, I would maybe adjust that to say 90-10. Okay. And I think it's, when I say laying low, I, I really mean that you are watching people, that you are watching again what time people leave the office. When people have a meeting, do they order snacks for that meeting or do they not put that on the corporate credit card? What do people do for lunch? Do they go to the gym? Is that appropriate? And these are just individual culture mores that you want to be aware of. So that again, you're easily integrating yourself so that you don't stand out. That is really the goal in your first couple of weeks. It's not to to make a splash, but to sort of swim in as gracefully as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that you kind of went into one of your first jobs, guns blazing, you were stepping on toes and not kind of probably not realizing that you were doing so. So 
how important is it to really kind of check your attitude at the door and really stay in that learning mode f- for the first couple of months before you start kind of getting more involved and asking more questions and kind of pushing other people to rethink their ideas and putting your ideas out there? I think the biggest mistake that young employees in particular make is that they go in thinking they can change the organization right away, thinking they're fresh blood, that they're young, that they have great contributions. And this is a good, I don't want to sound like this is not something that you should be doing. You should be looking for ways you can make contributions. But at the end of the day, it's all about diplomacy. It's all about the way you make those contributions and the timeline, as you said, for making those contributions. And so with attitude, you absolutely want to be enthusiastic. You want to be looking for ways to make the company better, but that should be reserved for after you've established a positive reputation for yourself. So people have seen you around a while. Uh, they understand that, that you're willing to learn, that you are, are willing to listen, that you actually have respect for the way things have been done in the organization. And then you're, you're all set to contribute ideas. But people have to get to know you a little bit first before they're going to trust you. Mm-hmm. In today's business environment, it's all about establishing trust. And so that's what you want to be working on for your first month or two. And then you want to be looking for ways to make a meaningful contribution. And with um, diplomacy, I kind of think that perhaps office politics kind of falls in that realm. How do you recommend that a new employee, you know, fresh out of college or new to this environment handles the office politics? And how do you kind of learn the difference between those politics and then gossip? Yeah, no, this is a great question as well. And I would say that with all office politics, you're not going to understand them in the beginning and accept that. So what you want to do at the very beginning of your tenure with an organization is you want to get to know a little about a lot of people. So you should not befriend too closely any one individual because you don't know where that person's allegiances lie. You don't know whether they're on the outs with a particular highly placed senior level executive. So you should get to know everybody, be friendly to everybody, get to know people in different departments. And gradually, as you've been around a while, you'll start to observe, again, it's that word observe again, you'll start to see who goes with who and who are the people who perhaps you want to watch what you say around and who are the people who you can perhaps be a little bit more friendly with and uh, who who goes to happy hour and what happens there. And so try to, to do little things with a lot of people at the beginning. I think that's the best way to inform yourself about office politics. That's a really good tip to share with our listeners. It's something that when I was new to the, the corporate environment, that's something I didn't realize, but quickly the puzzle pieces started falling into place. So kind of the next topic that falls in perfectly with that is interpersonal communication and those relationships that you form. You mentioned that you should really wait a while to, to feel people out and see where, where they lie in the company and things like that. Um, how do you uh, recommend that people handle these relationships and how do you like manage your peers and your people around you, the people that you're working with? Well, the, the most important thing to understand about coworker relationships is that they're tougher because you don't have any authority to get people to cooperate with you. So you have to establish a relationship in which they feel so strongly about you that they're willing to help you out, even though they don't really have anything riding on it. So they're not being forced to because you're not their boss, and it, does, it may not even directly impact their work. And for that reason, I recommend that people really try and find somebody who they share common ground with. So perhaps there are hobbies that you share and, and can talk about. Maybe you're both baseball fans, and you can talk about the season and, and what's going on, and maybe there's a favor that you can do for that person. So if there's a unique 
skill set or area of expertise that you have where you can help that person out, even if it's something that doesn't have to do with work. Maybe somebody comes into the office and they're frazzled because they were just sent out of town on an overnight business trip and they need um, somebody to feed their dog and you happen to live down the street. And maybe that's something you can chime in and say, hey, you know what? I'm happy to take that on. I mean, these are the ways relationships are built. And relationships are all about, they're all personal all the time. So if you can get somebody to to feel strongly about you, then uh, it's the best way to get them to cooperate with you later on if you were to need something from a business perspective. Right. I think that's a really great tip that relationships are personal. So you're going to have to um, learn more about the personal side of your peers and everything um, that they're, they're going on in their lives. So we are running a little bit low on time. So I just wanted to give you the next minute or so to kind of share any final pieces of advice uh, with our listeners about this topic that you might find important as well. Well, one thing I just wanted to add that on, the, on the last topic, which is uh, getting to know more about your coworkers. I mean, trying to always see, because this goes into a larger piece of advice, always try to be looking at situations in your office environment from the other person's perspective. So not it's not about what you need. It's about what that other person needs in order to get their job done, in order to be fulfilled emotionally and professionally. So an example of that is to establish a relationship with somebody, even if you don't have children or know anybody who has children, if your boss has children, learn those kids' names, start asking about those kids, recognizing that that's something that's important to your boss. It will go so far in terms of solidifying that really, really strong relationship. And if you want something in a negotiation, if you need somebody to help you out, always be looking at that situation from that other person's perspective. What do they need? What do they want in order to to be more effective? And then try to figure out, okay, well, how can I help that person get what they need? And if you are able to master this one concept, Stephen Covey calls it the win-win I think that you'll find that in most situations you find yourself in the business world, you will be successful because that's really the key to interpersonal relationships is seeing it from the other person's point of view. What do they need? What do they want? And how can I help them get it? Well, there you have it, folks. If you are looking to be successful in the corporate environment, I would definitely recommend and suggest that you take a look at Alexandra's book, They Don't Teach Corporate in College. And that's unfortunately all the time that we have today for localjobnetwork.com radio. And I just want to thank Alexandra for joining us and sharing her expert advice. Thanks for having me, Katie. It was a lot of fun. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, you can send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.